Are you interested in apologetics but don't have the time and resources to go to seminary or Bible college? Do you often feel that apologetic materials are academic, weighty, and difficult to comprehend? If that describes you, then the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics, Bridging the Ivory Tower to the Everyday Christian, is for you. My driving force in writing this first book of mine is both a passion for apologetics and compassion for the laity of the church. The Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics engages a broad swath of apologetic material, but does so in a way that everyone can relate by the inclusion of personal stories, anecdotes, and down-home humor. So whether you desire training in apologetics or whether you want a one-stop resource, be sure to pick up your copy of the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics. Stay tuned for further information concerning the release of the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics by logging on to bellatorchristi.com or by listening to the Bellator Christi podcast. We'll have more information as it becomes available. Stay tuned for the release of the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics, coming to bookstores everywhere very soon. On today's edition of the Bellator Christi podcast, we discussed finding rest in the transcendence of God. You are listening to the Bellator Christi Podcast, brought to you by bellatorchristi.com. Now join your host, Brian Chilton, as we enter the arena of ideas. Taking up the sword of Christian theology and the shield of apologetics, while taking Christian truth into the arena of ideas, this is the Bellator Christi Podcast, and this is your host for the time we have together, yours truly, Brian Chilton. And uh, we thank you for joining us on the podcast. We hope that you will uh, uh, take time to go on uh, whatever podcasting app you're listening to. Um, And just take time to uh, review the podcast. Leave a positive review uh, if you have uh, some problems with the the podcast. And we encourage you to... uh, Contact us over at bellatorchristi.com. Uh, you can, uh, there's, by the way, let me just go ahead and say this while I'm thinking about it. Uh, the uh, The website has been updated. Uh, I've been learning how to do a little bit of the uh, CSS coding. And so if you're a person who knows about CSS coding, contact me uh, because uh, this is all new to me. But there are a couple of different ways that you can uh, contact uh, contact me or contact uh uh, Bellator Christie. There's a, there's a couple of different areas, two or three different areas on the website where you can submit a question. If you go to the home page, uh, then you uh, can look over up the upper right hand corner of the page, and you'll see a link that says "Submit to a question to Bellator Christie." Or even at the bottom of the page, uh, there's a form that you can fill out if you, uh, uh, you were to ha- be happen reading uh, to be reading a. Uh, uh, an article and you have a question about something, there's a uh, place down at the bottom of the page where you can go and uh, you can submit a question there. Uh, th- this is a good way to communicating with me. 
And, uh, and like I said, if you have any questions concerning any of the podcasts or any of the uh, articles that are posted, uh, this is a good way of communicating with me. And there's also uh, a comment uh, place. Uh, I'm using discuss, and uh, just just be aware that there is uh, that there are some uh, standards that I use to gauge which comments are published and which are not. Uh, obviously, if there are any derogatory uh, comments, th- those do not get published uh, or anything of that sort uh, but uh, if you just want to basically get on there and argue then then it may come a point in time where the comments aren't published uh, just to simply cut off cut off the argumentation now, if we want to have a good discussion you know that that can go on but uh, uh, you know I, to be honest I don't have time for long lengthy <laughs> um, com- you know long lengthy debates that aren't going anywhere so just be aware that there are some um, there are some standards uh, that, that I use to gauge which comments are published and which aren't. But there again, take advantage of the submit a question. If you do have questions, uh, I will either comment to you, I will uh, reach you in person, or I will uh, use that as a uh, means for a future podcast or an article uh, that will be published on bellatorchristi.com. I do want to let you know that uh, in, in other news, uh, a couple other things before we get to the main podcast today, I want to let you know about the uh, layman's manual on christian apologetics has now been sent to the publisher it's in the hands of uh, the publishing company whiff and stock uh, the resource publication arm of whiff, whiff and stock will be publishing the book and so uh, just to let you know it is in the hands of the publishers now so as soon as i know a uh, publication date or a release date i will let you know here on the podcast and on the website if you follow me on facebook I, you can um, you will um I'll have that uh, posted there as well. Bellator Christie is on Facebook as well, and you can go follow us there, and we'll we'll keep you posted on that means as well. Other news I want to let you know about this morning that uh, I think is very fascinating. As I heard recently, a study showed that people who are optimistic live 15% uh, longer than those who are pessimistic. So having a, uh, a good attitude and having a good mindset will actually help you live longer. And so there's another reason to be joyful and to be appreciative of the things that God has given us. So being optimistic uh, has a lot of value, not only spiritually, but it also has value physically as well. And so that's something to remember. On the podcast today, I want to discuss, uh, just actually came back from uh, Pilot Mountain. This is in the northwest uh, section of North Carolina, where I where I reside. And uh, up, uh, Pilot Mountain is an interesting mountain. It's not the largest mountain you'll ever see. Uh, in fact, for for the for my friends on the west coast, this would probably be more like a hill <laughs> to, compared to the mountains you have on the west coast, uh, up around the Rocky Mountains, and uh, especially the Pacific Northwest. But, uh, but but nonetheless, this is a mountain to us. And uh, the thing that's unique about this mountain is that um, it, it stands alone. It's a standalone mountain. It's uh it's 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 not it's part of the Appalachian mountain chain but but it's not actually physically connected to it it stands alone and all around the mountain, you see uh, uh, interstates, you see communities, you see uh, cities and things of this nature. It's a really unique mountain. It really is. It's a very old mountain at that. Uh, but I went up there and, and walked a tra- hiked a trail. Uh, <laughs> didn't make it all the way through. It was one of the more strenuous hikes. But... Um, 
but I found it interesting because there were some beautiful views off the side of this of this um, trail. This the trail. While I I haven't quite worked up the endurance to make it all the way through the trail, I did get about halfway, and uh, there were some spectacular views. And I and I just took I stopped to get my breath and sat on a rock and looked off the side of the mountain, and it just dawned on me. And I post some pictures. I probably have the pictures posted when I publish this podcast. But it just dawned on me how small the world looks from on top of the mountain. I can't even imagine what it looks like, uh, what the world looks like, you know, when you're 14,000 or higher feet high up on the mountains in the Pacific Northwest. Um, it's, it, it just, but it's just amazing to me to go up on top of this mountain and look off and see see the city, see the different cities, see the different communities, and see how small everything looks. And it just dawned on me, as I looked across, you could see the horizon, you could see the sky, beautiful sky today. You can tell fall is in the air. And uh, beautiful blue, dark blue sky. And then it looked, I looked across the horizon and I noticed all these different communities with all these different people going about their business, and it just it just dawned on me how small they looked from atop the mountain. But then it dawned on me that how in God's perspective, how infinitesimally small our world looks, and even furthermore how we look in comparison to this grand God, this grand Creator in which we serve. And it just and it, just that aspect to think that that this Creator, who made everything, is in all places at all times, and actually cares about His creation. And I say His, because this is the terminology that Jesus used. But God is a spirit, which means that essentially God is genderless. Uh, God created male and female, but I don't think that we can actually say that God is male or female because God is genderless. God is spirit. Those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. But then it made me theologically think about some of the attributes of God, and I, and I actually when I when I got back to the house, I I pulled up my old theology book, and uh, eventually I would like to write one myself. Um, a theology book, maybe some type of a theology book for, for, for the lay audience. Maybe that's something in the works. In fact, after I f- finish my Ph.D., that might be something I, that I look in doing. But then I looked at some of the attributes of God. And it made, it made me think about, first of all, the transcendence of God. When we talk about the transcendence of God, we're talking about the otherness of God. How God is beyond creation because creation came from God. God didn't come from creation. Before creation was, God was. Psalm 90 verses 1 and 2 says this, Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Jude 25 says, To the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages now and forevermore. Ephesians 3.21 says, 
the, the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega, illustrating the fact that God has no beginning and He has no end. He is from everlasting to everlasting. God cannot be restrained by our thinking. God cannot be contained in a box. God is not a being who must have a house or a temple or a church or anything of that sort. God cannot be enclosed in a box. In fact, this otherness has led many theologians to consider the transcendence of God in many different ways. Uh, For instance, Karl Barth uh, spoke of the transcendence of God, but perhaps, at least according to Willard Erickson, perhaps went a little too far in, in thinking that God was an unknown God, an unknowable God, because he is so other. Soren Kierkegaard had the idea of a non-spatial God. Um, he says that... Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to find his quote here. Um, Kierkegaard's model of transcendence is dimensional beyondness. It's not merely the case what, when measured in terms of the human dimensions, God is infinite. He is also different dimension altogether. He is something like the difference between a two-dimensional figure and a three-dimensional figure. So, so in other words. Soren Kierkegaard is saying that God is in another dimension beyond our ability to know Him completely. And so, certain things that we can find, Millard Erickson gives certain implications of transcendence in his Christian theology book. He says, he gives, I think, six of them. He says, number one, there is something higher than humanity. That, that, this is, that, this, that God's transcendence tells us, and I quote, that humanity is not the highest good in the universe or the highest measure of truth and value. Good truth and value are not determined by the shifting flux of this world and human opinion. There is something that gives us value from above. The value of humans is not that they are the highest products of an evolutionary process thus far, but that the supreme eternal being has made them in his own image. That's part of the transcendence. Secondly, Millard Erickson says, God can never be completely captured in human concepts. This means that all of our doctrinal ideas, helpful and basically correct, though they may be, cannot fully exhaust God's nature. This is something we have to understand, that we're never going to fully understand everything there is to know about God, because if we could, then we would be God. I'm not even sure that in heaven we'll know everything there is to know about God. I think that even in heaven we're going to spend an eternity learning more and more about God. Number three, we see that our salvation is not our achievement. Fellowship with God is not attained by our making our way to God. That is impossible. In other words, He made His way to us. Number four, there will always be a difference between God and humanity, and I think that's so true. The gap between us is not merely a moral and spiritual disparity that originated with the fall. It is metaphysical stemming from creation. There's always going to be a difference between God and humanity. Number five, reverence is appropriate in our relationship with God, most certainly. And number six, we will look for genuine, genuinely transcendent working by God. Thus, we will not expect only those things that can be accomplished by natural means. And so that is so very true. So God's transcendence means that He is beyond the scope 
of 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 even our complete ability to understand what he is like and and who he is god reveals himself to us absolutely he lets us know the essentials of his nature most certainly but when you start stop to think about this how great god is there's no way that we could fully ever get a handle on his grandeur or his greatness but then we also think about the imminence of god Another theological aspect of God. The eminence of God is God's working with us. Think about this, that not only is God transcendent, different from creation, and beyond the scope of creation, but He is very near us. The psalmist writes, David, I believe, is the one who writes this. He says, before a word is ever even on my mouth, on my tongue, you know all about it, Lord. He's very intimate with us. He knows us fully and completely. He says to Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1, Before I even formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you and called you. I had a purpose for your life. Folks, I'm telling you, when we understand the transcendence of God and we understand the imminent nature of God, we realize that all of our lives have purpose and value. God is very intimate. And by that, I think we should understand that we are spiritual people. And by spiritual people, I mean that we are built for relationship. I was talking with someone who, who said that, that, uh, so, that, uh, that they hadn't heard much about relationship with God. And that, that really shocks me. Because this whole Christian experience is relationship. Jesus says about the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit, the very presence of God, would abide within us and we would abide in Him. That is relational. The triune nature of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is an eternal relationship. We are brought into that relationship with the eternal Godhead. Not that we become God, most certainly not. But rather, we are brought into a relationship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit because of the work of Christ on Calvary's cross. Stop and think about that. This eternal, transcendent God who is beyond the scope of creation loves you and wants to have a relationship with you. That's just almost unfathomable. Especially when you think of the grandeur. Now, I saw the grandeur of, of the world looking down from a small mountain. Can you imagine the grandeur of looking down at earth upon a distant galaxy? In every place, God is there. Because not only is He transcendent, but He's very imminent. He's, he is what we call theologically omnipresent. He is in all places at all times. He is at all points of time itself. This transcendent God who sits high and above creation is very personal and interpersonal within creation. There's not a molecule that changes. There's not a drop of water that falls of which God is not aware. Think about that. How exceptional and how grand is this God that we serve, but we also find another aspect, another theological aspect of God, and that is God's omnibenevolence, His love. 
Folks, I mentioned at the outset of the podcast this recent study that talks about how optimistic people live longer than pessimistic people. And I realize we have every reason to be worried and concerned. I understand that there are wars and rumors of wars. I understand that there are a lot of things going on. There are a lot of problems that take place. There are a lot of issues going on in the world. I know that people have... I was listening to a show the other day where it was talking about how how hateful people have become and how distant people have become from one another and from God himself. And, and, and the, uh, the, the speaker was talking about how, quite frankly, the reason we're in the shape we're in is because we have separated ourselves from God. And the more we do so, the worse we become. There's shootings and stabbings and, and all of these different things. But think about this. The God of all creation loves you. The God, the transcendent God, who spoke every molecule, every galaxy, every star into being. The God who by his very word and by his very work developed the mountains and oceans and rivers and streams wants a relationship with you. Consider this. The God of all creation is greater than your problems. So if we turn and trust upon Him, He is fully capable of handling whatever scenario scenario that we're facing, whatever situation that may be taking place. And this is not just an, a, a, a theological and apologetic point this is deeply relational. You see, I think we have, I, I fear that in many walks of Christianity, we have almost become deistic. Because we're, we're afraid of things like relationship. We're afraid of things like this. We're afraid of talking about these, these issues. Why? Because we become intimate with the Creator. We become vulnerable. And so people had rather talk about the transcendence of God, but they, but they forget about the imminence, the interpersonal relationship that God, the God of all creation has with each and every one of His creatures. The love that God has transcends our thinking. And I really believe, and, and I, I know that we are caught up in... We're caught up in all of these uh, these situations. We we political, and we see all of these things taking place. We we we're we're well aware of the dangers that exist. We're well aware of the issues that are coming down the pipe. We understand that, but understand this: God is love. God is love, and the book of Revelation itself tells us about the things that are taking place. But get, but understand this, and this is what I was telling the congregation just the other night. Revelation was written to be an encouragement. And you say, wait a minute, Brian, how can it be an encouragement when it talks about all these plagues and all these disasters? Because the theme of Revelation is this. It tells us, yes, there are going to be problems. Yes, there are going to be trials. But God is slowly and surely stripping away the power of Satan. He's stripping away the power of evil. And He's bringing us to that place 
where there will be a new heaven and a new earth at that place where there will be no more problems, there will be no more trials, there will be no more temptations or anything of that sort. He's resurrecting creation itself to the glorious and grandeur the glory and grandeur that He had designed it to be and has in mind for us, a place of perfection. So as I look at this mountain and look down from the mountain and realize that God is greater than our problems now, God is greater than our problems in the future. So we as Christians, no matter what happens, can have peace and we can have joy and most certainly we can have love. Love doesn't mean that we're not going to have that we're not going to meet hateful people. Joy doesn't mean that we're not going to have depressing moments. And peace doesn't mean that we're not going to have times of conflict. But what it does mean is that we can find love even in the midst of hate. We can find joy even in the midst of depressing times. And we can find peace even during the midst of conflicts. Because the transcendent God who created all things is very imminent and very personal in the life of His children. So my prayer is that you, if you haven't already, would enter into this relationship with this transcendent God, this personal God, because He loves you and He has a plan for your life. Well, folks, this has been the Bellator Christie Podcast. This is Brian Chilkinson. God bless We'll see you back the next time that we step into the arena. You've been listening to the Bellator Christie podcast brought to you by BellatorChristie.com. The opinions of our guests represent their own and may not reflect those of Bellator Christie Ministries or its affiliates. The Bellator Christie podcast and BellatorChristie.com are protected under Creative Commons copyright, all rights reserved. The opening theme is the song Crucified, written by John and Michaela Limanis, performed by Crosby Lane and produced by Mansion Entertainment. Be sure to visit our YouTube page at www.youtube.com forward slash Bellator Christie. Also, please consider leaving a positive review on the apps where this podcast is found. We thank you for joining us today and hope to see you back the next time that we step into the arena of ideas. Did you know that you can help the Bellator Christie Ministries by simply leaving a review? If you are enjoying this podcast, help us out by leaving a positive review on the app where this podcast is found. This helps increase the exposure of the podcast and helps others find it more easily. If you enjoy this podcast, leave a review. If not, send me an email. Either way, we want to thank you for supporting BellatorChristie.com and the Bellator Christie Podcast.